Old British men are making some of the grimiest fire rap music today, man. <laughs> what? Dude, I'm not fucking shitting you. Old British men are making some of the grimiest but most fire rap music right now. <laughs> like who? Uh, fuck. There's a group called the Northern Boys. They just released a song called Party Time, and I unironically love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're going to have to show me after after the recording's done. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I don't fucking believe you. I will totally show you this after we're done here. Welcome back to the Derailed Podcast. Uh, I am Kama. He is Fish. I am confused. Uh, and today... We kind of have another episode, like, uh, I think it was episode four, where it pretty much just turned into a simping for Peter Parker, which is the name of the episode. Go check it out. Um, but, yeah, we really don't have anything in particular to talk about today. I just wanted to fucking record something. And one of the first things that I actually do want to talk about is it's kind of it's it's bringing it back to Star Wars because we actually have some stuff to talk about with uh with Star Wars, uh some very some very like milestone type of shit because I'm sure that you heard the ner the the nurse uh the news <laughs> as well that uh James Earl Jones has officially stepped down as the role of Darth Vader he has officially signed his rights to the Darth Vader voice over to uh, Disney and uh, or Lucasfilm specifically, I think. Uh, but there is also another company that he handed the rights to. Let me take a look here. Like, come on, there we go. I was like, just give me a fucking article for Christ's sake. All right, this one here is from smithsonianmag.com. Um, but, yeah, oh, okay, so he signed over the rights to his, uh, uh, to his voice, to his archival voice recordings to Respeecher, which is a Ukraine-based startup that is working with Lucasfilm to uh, preserve and recreate the actor's menacing voice using proprietary AI. Now, with the announcement of this, it was also announced that Darth Vader's voice was 100% AI-generated in Obi-Wan Kenobi, a series that we covered on this show, and we were under the impression that when it was implied that AI was used on his voice, it was used for, like, processing. Yeah. To, like, get it as close to that original, you know, episode 4 sound as it possibly could. Because, I mean, like, going into going into that, like, you know there's going to be post-processing to, to get it right. So it's like, yeah, that, that just, that's, that made sense. Uh, the fact that it's, like, fully AI-generated is, well... It's, it's insane and also scary at the same time. That's my personal feelings on it. <laughs> Actually, I, wa I was going to say it's insane, but at the same time, it's just like there's so much AI-generated, like, fucking everything right now, uh, especially with the whole hoopla of, like, uh, AI-generated art and, like, who do you credit and, like, should anyone profit off of it or, you know, that sort of thing. It's like... Uh, 
I feel I feel like in most cases, including this one, just so long as so long as like credit is given where credit is due and there is a like there's a yeah, this is this is what it is. And don't try and like like with with AI generated art, don't try and pass it off as your own. Like actually state, yeah, this was generated. I gave a prompt to an AI and this is what it made. Yeah, I just think the thing that I think is so insane about the reason I call it insane is because like I'm using that in like the most Californian way possible. So it's like insane oh, yeah. means cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause like I, it 100, it, it completely 100% fooled me. I, I will 100% admit I was completely fooled into thinking that James Earl Jones is, like James Earl Jones recorded new stuff for this show. I was fooled. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I will say the same. I'm sure once we go back to it, we'll be able to pick it out. But yeah, now like, that we on know, first viewing, yeah, on first viewing, not knowing anything, like yeah, no, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's definitely not obvious from a first viewing, especially if you weren't privy to that information beforehand. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was really cool. It sucks to it sucks to hear that like he has officially stepped down from doing the voice, but I do think it is awesome that Disney that he has given Disney permission to keep using that voice for the character. So oh, I'm yeah. curious, and since it's being AI generated, I wonder if that means we will start getting that version of Darth Vader's voice in like games now and shit. Because I think that would be really cool. Honestly, I hadn't even thought of that. That, yeah. Like, oh, man. Also, another Star Wars related thing. I spend a lot of time on TikTok. And sometimes I see just some shit that makes me wish I didn't have eyeballs. And other times I see really wholesome shit. And this is a wholesome story, believe it or not. I don't have many of those for this show. But this is a wholesome story. I came across a TikTok this morning. And it was a clip of some behind-the-scenes footage from uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that we were just talking about. Mm. And it was Hayden Christensen's first day on set for that show, of, for shooting. And he, so this day, he, it was specifically in costume as Episode 3 Anakin. So it has been confirmed that he literally wore almost every costume he had ever worn at during his time as Anakin Skywalker in this series. Which is honestly like I'm I'm glad they brought him back. Me too. Like, I, I really am. Oh yeah. Fucking I I'm I was so happy that he came back. And uh the first scene that he shot is actually the first scene uh well, I guess not the first scene that we see him in, but it's the first time that, like, we see Anakin Skywalker, not Darth Vader. So when I say not Darth Vader, I am not including the back the tank scene from the end of, I think, the second episode? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his first appearance in the series as Anakin Skywalker, where he's looking over the cliff... And it's like the ghost version of him that Obi-Wan sees. We talked about it. I thought it was a huge missed opportunity. And then after thinking about it a little bit, I'm, I'm now just kind of like, well, you know, they did actually see each other 
immediately after that. So it's like not, you know, not seeing that like, you know, ghost of him just kind of watching him from afar did make sense but i think it would have been cool like it would have really showed like the tortured psyche of obi-wan if they'd have shown that off more yeah like especially if every time he appeared to obi-wan he looked more and more burned to like he looked closer to the last version that obi-wan saw of him uh, give it another little little horror spin. Yeah. Like, every time he sees him, like, he's closer and closer. Yeah. Until he is the mangled, burned mess, like, right up close. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Have you seen that fucking clip? <laughs> uh... I'm not sure. It's a clip of, it's literally a clip, uh, it's like a behind the scenes from episode three, and... Uh, they're, like, in, like, I think, like, a special effects, like, workshop. Like, they're just standing around talking. Uh, Hayden Christensen is in full, like, burned-up Anakin makeup. And, yeah, he just looks at, he's... I don't know the context of the clip, but he just looks over at fucking presumably Ewan McGregor and goes, Oh, I hate you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I need to, I'll need to to look that I'll have up. To, yeah, I'll, funny. I'll have to see if I could find that and send that to you after the after we're done recording. But oh, yeah. yeah, and so it's his first day on set. He's in costume as episode three Anakin, which I thought was really cool. That was personally my favorite version of Anakin's character. Like as far mm-hmm. as like stylistically, just like the black glove covering up the cybernetic hand, the the dark brown robes as compared to like the beige colored ones that most other Jedi used. And he also, mm-hmm. and it also had like leather too, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's that first day on set. They're standing like 200, 300 feet out from the camera. So pretty far. So he can't really see that well. And apparently they tried to get Ewan off set that day, you know, uh, but he was adamant that he be there for his first shot. And so Hayden Christensen's looking for him on set. And he's like, where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? And he's like, he, he's like, he's right there. He's standing next to the camera for your eye line. And he's like, I don't see them. And so he shouts out, Obi-Wan. And then he sees a hand go up to a forehead. And he just knows right there. And they fucking like pretty much did like a fucking like, uh, I think it's called, is it, no, it's not, is it Chariot of Fire? Where it's like, dun, 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 dun. Oh my God. It was basically that. Like they ran <laughs> over to each other, gave each other a big hug. And it was like, it was a really, you know, like wholesome, nice reunion moment. But, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I figured I would take like this little opening segment here to like talk about, you know, the little bit of something that we kind of had to acknowledge because we were completely wrong about something in a past episode, unbeknownst to us, but still wrong nonetheless. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. So, me and Fish talk about music a lot. And recently, uh, a band that we've both listened to for quite a long time, uh, came out with a new album. Uh, I'm going to quit beating around the bush here and just outright say it. Uh, Slipknot came out with a new album called 
the end so far. What was it called? Uh, I am going... Yeah, the end so far. Okay. So this is their seventh studio album. And not only that, it is their last album with uh, Roadrunner Records. Which they have, like, been openly just fucking slandering for years because of the fucking shit deal that they gave them. Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, I'm very interested to see where Slipknot is going to go after this. I, I've, I've got a very good feeling that because of how popular they are as a whole and just Corey Taylor in general also being a part of, like, isn't he a part of, like, two other bands? I know there's Stone Sour, and isn't there one other? Oh, he just has his own solo shit. That's what it is. Yeah, he has his solo stuff. And actually, um, I may need to fact check this, but, like, last I remember, I thought Stone Sour had been disbanded. I, I... I didn't I wasn't aware of this. I haven't really I I haven't paid too much attention to news as far as like Stone Sour goes. Um been lo- been reading a lot of interviews with uh with Jim Root though. Uh Oh really? Yeah, and according to him uh he didn't like the way this album turned out at all. I mean, I can't wait. Not I don't want to spread it misinformation here. I'm not trying to be a fucking hot topical conservative podcast. Um, <laughs> like, according to Jim Root, he, I, what I'm going to say is he wasn't entirely happy with the final result of this album. He feels like they could have taken more time with it. That's fair. But, you know, due to COVID and, you know, just the pandemic in general and all of that. It was it was very hard to work on this album and get it done before the deadline that they had to meet for their label. Yeah. Um, also, to confirm, uh, Stone Sour, all, all the members have uh, have decided to put Stone Sour on indefinite hiatus. Okay, so they so have that, that is confirmed. They have dissolved at the as at the moment. Uh, it to quote Corey, we've put it on the shelf for now. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll probably see, we'll potentially see a return of Stone Sour at some point. I'm assuming we probably won't see it until Corey and Jim work out their personal issues. Because I know that there were some points in time during Stone Sour where Jim Root wanted to fucking strangle Corey and vice versa. Honestly, like. Like they've both, like they've both been. Has, has oh, moments like that. oh yeah, absolutely. Just fucking go look at fucking Metallica's history. Holy fucking shit. Yep. Um, fucking also go check out some kind of monster. The uh, documentary of the making of. Personally, for me, not my favorite album of theirs. Sane Anger. Um, it's got a couple good tracks on it. Like I will be completely honest, I do enjoy a few tracks off of Sane Anger. But it it is hands down probably in in the top two of their weakest albums because they did an album with Lou Reed. I think that's the name I'm I, I'm thinking of. I might I think it's Lou Reed. Hold on a second. <laughs> gonna fact check real quick. Yeah, just gonna Yeah, Lou Reed. So uh, yeah. So Saint Anger, not the weakest album, but it is definitely in the bottom two. <laughs> right. 
it's hanging on by a thread. If that other album didn't exist, it would easily be in the bottom spot for me. Um, so Jim wasn't entirely happy with how this new album turned out. Yeah. What about the rest? Um, I don't. I do I'm not a hundred. I'm not a hundred percent. Literally, uh, the only thing that I've seen, uh. So far, <laughs> the only thing that I've seen so far uh, is, oh, okay, we actually do have a couple more. Uh, from Metal Injection, we have Slipknot drummer Jay Weinberg uh, weighs in on the band's new album. Uh, the new Slipknot LP, The End So Far, has just dropped and hot on everyone's mind right now is what is going on inside Slipknot. The end so far was the end of an era for the band, with it being their final effort on Roadrunner Records. Now, drummer Jay Weinberg is the most recent member to weigh in on the album and share his views on the recording. Uh, I joined the band, and literally the next day, we started working on the Grey chapter. We spent about a year making that album and about three years making the follow-up We Are Not Your Kind. This album was a lot different based on the circumstances that everybody was dealing with the pandemic, and we all had to become very self-sufficient home recorders and engineers and shit. I added that in there. He said stuff. And that lends itself to a lot of experimental stuff that people have not heard on a Slipknot album before. Uh, so from my standpoint, there's a, lot, there's a lot on there of what makes Slipknot Slipknot. Stuff that we're not going to get away from if we tried, but we're very happy to celebrate that. Dig deeper into the things that we know are trademarked Slipknot, but also challenge ourselves and do things that are experimentally creative and that give that gives Slipknot a completely new voice. And then we can go deeper into that. It just gives us more tools to express ourselves. So the new album, it's an interesting step forward. Okay. So it seems like from his standpoint, he he's at, he's very happy with uh with with what they did with this album. And I'm I'm not going to dispute that. There's a couple tracks on there that you know kind of gave me like certain parts of certain songs gave me certain feelings. Like um god, I don't remember which one it was cuz I found out about the album literally the day before it came out. Uh because And I found out because this guy told me. Yeah. <laughs> which is usually not something that happens, mind you. Um, no, whenever it comes to like metal releases, usually I'm the one who goes, "Hey man, check this shit out." Yeah, that is that is pretty much how it has always gone. Okay, so let's head on over to their Spotify. Uh I think it was uh, no, it wasn't the dying song. What was the other song that was on the single with fucking uh Yen, which I personally uh, The Chapel Town Rag was it Chapel Town Rag? Yeah. That was one song that I personally liked because the beginning of it really reminded me of something like, um, oh, God damn it. What is the name of the song? Uh, fuck. Uh, hold on a second. Let me look at this fucking Greatest Hits album. Uh, is it Wait and Bleed? It was a, it was a, no, Spit It Out. That was the one that I was thinking of. Spit It Out. Did you ever give a damn in the first place? Maybe it's time or the table's turn. Because in the interest of, yeah, I, I fucking love Spit It Out. I still listen to it. Yeah, like, the beginning of. Weekly. Uh, Chapel Town Rag, that's what it was called? Yeah. Yeah, the beginning of that song reminded me a lot of Spit It Out. 
Like, they were just kind of letting fucking Starscream go crazy on that one. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, uh... I'm not sure if it's, um... Oh my god, my, my mind just blanked. Uh, spit it out. Oh. Uh, but it is very reminiscent of, like, very early day uh, Slipknot where... Um, where like yeah you like really went to town on on the uh on the turntables yeah i and personally i love that shit from fucking slipknot i i love all the weird shit that slipknot decided to use in their music that's why that's why i've personally listened to them for as long as i have is because they're always just doing some weird fucked up shit with their music <laughs> yeah uh, so like, what, what are your thoughts on the actual album? You said there's a couple of songs you liked. Yeah. I really personally liked, uh, the opening track Adderall. I really, I, I personally liked that one a lot. Yeah. For me, like, um, I, I know it's like for most people, it's not cool to like compare bands or whatever, but, um, uh, it, it has a feel to it. It has a prog feel that, that comes off to me. That's very reminiscent of like tool. Well, here let's, um, uh, off of the, the new or off of, um, why am I blanking on the, the most recent tool album? Oh, uh, fuck. Why am I forgetting the name? Fear Inoculum. Yes. Fear Inoculum. Uh, and I think the song that actually reminds me most is uh, probably Numa. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at this article here, continuing on that uh, line of thought here from RevolverMag.com. Uh, Corey Taylor reveals three surprising bands who inspired Slipknot's The End so far. Let's uh, let's dive in here, shall we? All right. So he did an AMA on Reddit. Uh, I'm assuming to you know help promote. Uh, wow, that is an interesting response. Uh, so he was asked uh, at one point during this AMA if there were any particular artists or songs that influenced the direction Slipknot took on their new album. Uh, he didn't name any individual tracks, but he did mention three artists who supposedly impacted the record's uh, eclectic sound. E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C. Eclectic? Yeah, okay. Uh, the Cure, Death, and Prodigy. Three completely huh. different sounding, though all incredibly important bands whose thumbprint can be heard on the end so far. Wow. I actually wouldn't have named those. I personally wouldn't have named those either, but... That's wild, and honestly. Now that you mention it, yeah, I kind of, I kind of hear it. But yeah, like you can definitely hear the cure in like the more, like the more moodier songs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Also, we do have the uh, the interview here with Jim Root, so I can actually give you his exact words. Uh, this is also on that same article from MetalInjection.net that we had from uh. Jay Weinberg's thoughts. Um, last week in an interview with Music Radar, guitarist Jim Root spoke at length about his mixed feelings towards the record and the process of recording it. With my mindset being the way that it was, I didn't have a ton of creative input. 
I felt kind of rushed to come up with ideas for this or that arrangement. We weren't rehearsed as a band. We didn't come in knowing the songs top to bottom and that affected the record. That put us behind schedule. It had us really... It had us not really arguing and fighting with each other, but trying to figure it out. Like, what is the best way to approach this knowing what we are doing, what we are doing? You can make a plan and you can plan as much as you want, but the big clock above your head and the budget from the label and all this stuff, the studio we were at and the scheduling of that, there were so many factors against us making that record, making this record, I'm surprised that we were able to finish it. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Jim Root's thoughts on the new album. All right. Which is, that's fucking insane to me. Like, oh shit. All right. We're going on a tangent just because I found a related article that was published yesterday. Oh no. <laughs> Slipknot was hoping to make up with Joey Jordison. Well, that's going to be a little difficult there, bud. Well, yes. <laughs> for, Unfortunately, for he doesn't... passed away in July of 2021. Yeah, he passed away middle of last year in his sleep. Yeah. Mans was only 46. Yeah. Uh, Slipknot parted ways with him in uh, 2013. And Slipknot said at the, de- at the time the departure was for personal reasons, while Jordison said he was blindsided by the decision and did not quit the band. Um... Wow. I was not aware that All Hope is Gone was the last thing that he did with the band. But then again, that would make sense considering that the last guy in that other article said that he went on tour with them and then they started working on the Grey Chapter, which was the album after All Hope is Gone. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, um, in an interview with The Fader, Corey Taylor revealed that the band intended to mend fences with Jordison and laments the, the loss of such a great talent. Um, the reality of Jordison's death definitely crept in because it happened while we were working on some of the end so far. We dedicated the album to him. We hoped it wouldn't happen, and when it did, it was a sad resolve that for somebody that creative and explosive, I just wish we hadn't lost him so soon. We were hoping to mend fences with him, and it's one of those things that tells you whatever you need to do, do it now because you never know when you're going to lose somebody. Um, Jesus. That is fair, especially in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taylor later elaborated on losing bassist Paul Gray in 2010 to an overdose, saying both losses have really given the band a new perspective on appreciating one another. They definitely woke us up a little bit, made us realize we were on the other side of youth. There's going to come a time when we start losing each other again. We should take advantage of the time we have right now with each other. I've tried to let these guys know how I feel about them and the music we've made together. We're all such different people, and the fact that after all these years we're still doing it together and still doing it at this pace, you have to embrace each other after that. Slipknot has been moving since been moving forward with bassist Alejandro Ven- Venturella and drummer Jay Weinberg, both of whom joined in 2014. That really sucks, man. I I was not aware of the fact that they were they were hoping to make up with him and maybe even get him in on some songs for this new album. And then he unfortunately passed away in 2021. Yeah. That is that is a huge fucking bummer. And I I was just thinking about that the other day, man. I was just like, man, I miss Joey's drumming. 
Like Jay Weinberg is a he he's a damn good drummer. He he can make he can do the slipknot sound very well. Like obviously they've kept him around as long as they have. I mean, look at fucking Avenged Sevenfold. I think they're still going through drummers. Let me fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, where's the members? There we go. Jesus criminy. Let's go down here. Band members. Okay, so they've had the same drummer since 2016. <laughs> so they settled on one. That's yeah, they settled on one. They had uh, Aaron Illage, the guy who uh, did drums on, I believe the only album he actually did drums on was Hail to the King. Uh... Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that was Hail to the King. I haven't really been keeping up with Avenged Sevenfold too much in recent years. Like, Hail to the King was a good album, and then the stage was... was it was very hit and miss for me, personally. Uh, honestly, I think I dropped off after... Because, like, I heard the, the, the title track, mm -hmm. Hail to the King, and I was not impressed. That's So I don't think that's I, very I ever, fair. like... I don't think I ever listened to the album, and I haven't really, like, it, as as sad as it is to say, I don't think I've really paid attention to him since. Yeah. Like, at all. And, and that's totally fair. I mean, if if you really want to look at it from, like, a music-consuming perspective, Hail to the King was probably the most generic record that Avenged Sevenfold ever released. Like it That's just coming from the dudes who who did like fucking uh like the beast and the harlot yeah <laughs> fucking like bat country and like we oh, like God. we were huge fans of Avenged Sevenfold but like personal like uh, I one hundred percent for me personally uh Hail to the King is like their most textbook record to me. Like it feels it feels like it was so by the book. You know, kind of like that's kind of like how people feel about uh load and reload by Metallica. You know? Like those are yeah. like those are two very like textbook fucking music albums. Shit, I think those were the albums where like everybody was like Metallica fucking sold out because they cut their fucking hair during those, that period uh, of time. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, like, Hail to the King, that that track, like, it may be generic, but apparently that's what some people are looking for, or at least to reach a broader audience, because 410 million plays currently on Spotify, like, that's... And I, I'm very curious to hear oh, what dude, the um, I fucking what what the the radio numbers were. I went and saw them live back in 2017, and when they started playing fucking Hail to the King, the crowd went fucking nuts, dude. Which for me, oh god damn it, Spotify, um, for me is like kind of insane. Cause like I get it, everyone's got their own taste, but like. Coming for I think my very first A7X listen outside of, uh, outside of Beast and the Harlot, uh, thank you Guitar Hero, um, was actually like 
Afterlife. I just happened to see it on when back when fucking MTV still played music videos. Oh yeah. Um, I think I found it about the same time. Uh, actually, no, it may have been that same string because it was um, it was that song. Uh, there was the music video for My Curse. Uh, you talking Bullet for My Valentine? No, uh, I'm talking uh, Kill Switch. Got it. Okay. Uh, and this ain't a scene. It's a goddamn arms race. <laughs> I think I listened to those three songs like all in a row, just chilling on on MTV, uh, one fucking random Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, I think my first exposure to A Seven X, like a lot of people from our generation, was probably uh, Beast and the Harlot on Guitar Hero Two. Um, yeah. Then again, it could have been before that because I know. The self-titled album predated Guitar Hero, if I'm not mistaken. The album that had Afterlife and Almost Easy on it. Uh, I'm checking the release dates right now. You check the album, I'll check Guitar Hero. 2007, so no. it. it oh no, first Guitar Hero was 2005. Not. Yeah, so City of Evil with Beast and the Harlot, Bad Country... Seize the day, you know, all of those. Okay. Like, uh, wait, those are around the same time. When did Guitar Hero 3 come out? 2007, I think. So that was same year as Afterlife? The uh, self titled album? Yes. Okay, so yeah. I was definitely exposed to uh, Afterlife and Almost Easy before Beast and the Harlot because Guitar Hero 3 was what got me into Guitar Hero. I think the only song I had maybe listened to around that same time or before that was Unholy Confessions off of Waking the Fallen. I don't I don't think I ever really listened to Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, which is their debut album. Sounding the Seventh Trumpet is it's it's okay. Like personally for me, it's not what I'm looking for with Avenged Sevenfold. Honestly, Waking the Fallen comes a little bit closer to that. I actually can sit and listen to the entirety of Waking the Fallen. Um, but yeah, fucking, oh, I coming, coming back a little bit. Yeah. Coming Um, back to this new fucking Slipknot album. Uh, yeah, I personally don't have too many in-depth thoughts on it. Um, when it comes to Slipknot, it's not one of those bands that I've paid too heavily much attention to in the last few years. Like. Uh, I don't even think I listened to the entirety of We Are Not Your Kind. I I heard it was a good album, but I haven't listened to the entirety of it yet. Um, I like the title track off of it, though. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I I remember uh I remember listening to the whole album uh the day after it dropped, and oh god, the voice crack. Um. And yeah, like so some tracks like uh like Nero Forte and Spiders, especially Spiders. Yeah. Like that was that was the big track on that album for me that was like this is so it feels like this is where uh Sean wants to go because a lot of from what I remember um a lot of the progressive elements, a lot of the um the um like eccentric 
elements that you would get in these uh, that would be more akin to something like uh, like prog rock or prog metal. Mm -hmm. um, all the experimental stuff, uh, I, if I remember correctly, was uh, Sean's creative input. Okay, uh, and that and that track uh, specifically, I'm sure like. I don't remember right off the top of my and head. And for those of you who don't know, again. when he says Sean, he's talking about clown, the guy who literally wears a clown mask. Yes. Um, and like, uh, but yeah, that like spiders is the track that immediately comes to mind when it comes to like the experimental weirdness that, that they're getting into. And on, with that track, it was, it was a, Great. I always I think of it. System of a Down when people mention a song titled Spiders. Uh, that is fair. Because it's personally one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> really? Didn't know that. Yeah, I dude, I absolutely love System of a Down's first album. I think it I think if I had to rank System of a Down's albums, it would be uh first album, mesmerize, steal this album, uh hypnotize, and which one am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting one? Mesmerize? No, Mesmerize is my top two. Okay, uh, there... Which one? <laughs> Fuck, I missed which Toxicity. one you, you left off. Toxicity, oh, Toxicity is the one that I... Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, like, Toxicity is their worst album, but personally for me, where I would rank the albums, it would be, it would be in that order. Just because I, like, yeah, the self-titled album is fantastic. Steal This Album is just amazingly, just, I, I can't even use words to describe it. <laughs> yeah, what's it, for me, uh, it's, it's weird, because, like, I came in, uh, I think I came into System of a Down with Chop Suey, which was the Toxicity album. Yeah. Um, so I had to go there and work backwards, but I think, uh, like, as of right now, I think Hypnotize is actually my, my favorite out of them, because, like, I, I constantly go back to that album and, and go through. No, Hypnotize is a, Hypnotize is a fantastic album. I was so excited. I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was the first, like, album that I was ever excited for to come out. Yeah, because like we've got we've got the title or we've got the the opening track attack and then Fant dreaming. Dude, this whole album is just fire. Like, if you have never listened to this album before, give it a listen. Every single track is a banger. It is all killer, no filler. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? What? Oh, that was, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, the all dude, killer, no filler. Passionate. Yeah, you were very passionate. Dude, I love this fucking album, dude. Like, it's it's <laughs> obviously, like, not my top favorite, like, System of a Down album, but it is solid all the way through. Yeah, I think top three tracks from that, uh, Dreaming, Tentative, and Holy Mountains. Lonely Days, a very close third, though. Um, I think my top three off that album are probably, in no particular order, mind you, I would probably have to say, uh, definitely Holy Mountains is up there, Kill Rock and Roll, and, uh, 
personally, She's Like Heroin is a fantastic track. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, God, I love talking about music, man. <laughs> There's so <laughs> yeah. much good music out there. And we're, and like, we're supposed to be talking about new music, but we just keep going back to, like, shit that, like, we've, you know, we've been listening to for a long time. Speaking of which, man, fucking, as of recording this, uh, I'm going and seeing A Day to Remember in six days. Yo, okay. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm very excited for that show. I've been wanting to see A Day to Remember since I was in high school. It's just, I... I just never had the right timing, I guess. Like, any time I had the money to, you know, afford a concert ticket, they just, they were never in town. Like, and for a while there, they weren't, they weren't coming to Washington. Like, they, like, they weren't really touring, though, either. They were doing a lot of festivals. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for this show. I felt like bringing it up. Uh. <laughs> I, I'm excited for you. Uh, I one. I just wonder what uh, what their set list is going to look like because, like, I have to assume, considering it's the most recent single, which is fucking amazing mm -hmm. to me. Uh, like, they have to play Miracle. So, like, stoked for you to listen to that live. Oh yeah, um, fucking. Let's see. There's a there's a website called Setlist FM, and people post the. Uh, the set lists that bands played when they were in their town. And you can, you can get a pretty general good idea of what they're going to play. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious if they're going to go with like, uh, mostly newer stuff, like off of the, you're welcome album, which I personally am not a fan of. Mm -hmm. Um, or if they're going to go a little further back, like to my favorite album off of, uh, like out of their discography homesick. Yeah. That is one of my personal favorites. So here's a set list that someone posted. Uh, so they open with Downfall of Us All. Fantastic opening track. It's the opening track to Homesick. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, All I Want, fantastic track. Paranoia, fantastic track. Shot in the Dark. Degenerates, Second Sucks, Right Back at It Again. Rescue Me, the song that they did with Marshmallow. Uh, mm -hmm. have faith in me, last chance to dance, bad friend, I'm made of wax, Larry, what are you made of, uh, mind reader, miracle, all signs point to Lauderdale, Mr. Highway's thinking about the end, resent, yes! resentment, uh, and in the cases, and in this show's case, they did a encore, um, mm. they did, if it means a lot to you, Monument, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, and the plot to bomb the panhandle. This is, if this is the set list, this is gonna be a phenomenal show, bro. Holy shit. Yeah. Cause, like, what's it? Um, yeah, no, that covers, like, most of their- Their discography. Their, like, yeah, that covers just about all of it. Because, like, there was quite a few from Homesick. There's a few from Common Courtesy, a few from What Separates Us. Or what Separates what Me separates From You. From you. Uh, and uh, for those who have heart and even, like, arguably their best song off of You're Welcome. Personally, but, like, I, personally I like a lot of You're Welcome. I know it's not for everybody. Um, 
Like, the, and when I say it's not for everybody, I'm not talking about the people who are like, dance, bad album. <laughs> See, I like I saw the music video when it first dropped for Resentment, and it was it was all right. Um, and I listened to Last Chance to Dance. Blah, why is my mouth doing that? Last Chance to Dance, uh, Bad Friend, uh, like the day after it dropped, and. I think the best way I could use to describe it are all of the different pieces. So like um, intro, verse, chorus, bridge, all of the different aspects of it are really good. It's bridging between everything. It's just kind of, for me, jarring. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that feel that way about it. It's a very, it's, I will, I will be the first to admit as much as I am a fan of a day to remember and that album, it is a very different album. It is very different to anything that they've done before. This is like yeah. a day to remembers Amo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I actually like, I dug uh, a decent bit of Amo. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm being honest, but like it, that if that's the set list that they're going to go for the three songs outside of miracle that I'm most excited for, are um uh Mr. Highway's thinking about the end mm -hmm. uh just because I love that track and it's been memed to death. Yep. It, it, uh, for for those who aren't metalheads who are unfamiliar, that's the disrespect your surroundings meme song. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's fucking awesome. Uh all I want I like anytime it comes on, like you have to play it full blast and you have to belt to it. Yeah. Like I don't see how you can't. Um, and why am I blanking on the last one? Uh, uh, I think I, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm blanking on the last song. I think it was, um, uh, I'm the hammer. You're the nail. Okay. Yeah. Is that off of sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail, uh, off of uh, common courtesy. Yeah. I think those are the, the three songs that I'm. <laughs> that I'm most excited for if that's the, <laughs> the set list you're going to listen to. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to go to break real quick. But before we do that, um, I kind of want to break the music conversation just because I came across something here that is absolutely blowing my mind right now. Okay. Uh, um, I, fuck, I still need to get my thoughts out there on the Slipknot album. We will get back to it. We will definitely get back to it. God damn it. Um, All right, go. David Harbour is playing Santa Claus in a movie called Violent Night. Oh, that's awesome. Have you seen the trailer? I haven't. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're going to do this the way that we've done on the Derailed podcast previously, especially a lot with, um, with the Comic-Con episodes that ended recently. Uh, but we're going to watch this trailer... But you're not going to hear anything of that. It's literally just going to cut from before we watch the trailer to after we watch the trailer. Just because we can't include the audio and there's no point in just having large swaths of silence with reactions. <laughs> okay, so let me copy link address. Like uh, I pulled it up on, on Universal Pictures Canada. It was the first Okay, link. cool. I am pausing and 
Uh, okay, so we will be right back after this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie looks incredible. And I may just be biased because it's like, you know, fucking, first of all, I'm biased because it's David Harbour. I love David Harbour. Oh, same. But also, I love just out-of-pocket Christmas movies. They are, like, some of my favorite things ever. Like, as shitty as it is, the Silent Night, Deadly Night series is one of my favorite series of movies because they're just so fucking out-of-pocket. Like, they are insane. Oh, God. Like, there, there's a soft spot in my heart for uh, for Bad Santa. Oh, yeah. I, Billy Bob I absolutely love Bad Santa. Fucking, uh, there's one where fucking, I'm trying to think. There's one with Goldberg, isn't it? Isn't there? Isn't there a movie where Goldberg plays fucking, like, a hyper-violent Santa Claus? Oh, God. Uh, I don't fucking know, but holy shit, this movie looks fucking great. I I cannot wait to see this movie. I I will buy this movie on fucking Blu-ray. I'm not shitting you. I will buy a physical copy of this movie, and it will become a regular staple in my household on Christmas. <laughs> Uh, when you say Goldberg, you're talking about Bill Goldberg, right? I believe so, yeah. Play Santa. It's called Santa's Sleigh. Yes. S-L-A-Y. That's the one I'm... 2005. Yep, that's the one I'm thinking of. He is jacked. Holy shit. Oh, my fucking God. But, yeah. Never seen it. Never heard of it. I kind of need to watch that now. Also, one, one of my favorite, uh, like, somewhat recent... Uh, uh, Christmas themed horror movies. I I adore Krampus. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. We'll have to get it. We'll, oh yeah. We'll have to get into that once uh once December hits. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. It was, I, it was something I saw this morning, and I was like, oh dude, he's gonna fucking love this. If there's one person oh, I know, God. if there if there is one person I know in this world who will appreciate this, it's Fish. Um. But yeah. Well, you were fucking right. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to get to hear uh, Fish's fully, uh, like, just laid out thoughts about uh, the new Slipknot album. This is the end so far. Uh, here are some messages from the editor. Have you guys heard of Anchor? Well, if you listen to this podcast, then you need to go show them some love. Because without them, creating and distributing the Derailed podcast may not have been such an easy feat for me and Fish. Anchor is hands down one of the best ways to get your podcast out to the big streaming platforms. Why is it the best? Because it's fucking free, man. There's no monthly fees and you can upload as many episodes as you want. Not only that, but they offer a gaggle of tools that allow you to record, edit, and upload podcasts from your PC and even your phone. And once you've got your masterpiece in hand, Anchor also makes it extremely easy to get your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much any other podcast service you can think of. They also offer options that allow you to monetize your podcast. And get this. Some of the options have no minimum listenership required. So if you've been looking for the sign to start your own podcast, this is it, kids. And the best place to start is by going to Anchor FM or by downloading the Anchor app on your phone. Hey, do you like D&D? Do you like fish? 
If you answered yes to both of those questions, then holy shit do I have the show for you. Go check out Stream for Initiative on Twitch, man. We're a group of VTubers, with the exception of our good friend Fish. He don't do the VTube and stuff. Uh, they get together and play an ongoing campaign of D&D. It's heavily RP-based, and the group dynamic is just phenomenal. And unfortunately, as of right now, the party is split. Not like the Beatles, there's no Yoko here, man. But in order to compensate for everyone's lives outside of the game, they had to split the group into two. Now you may be saying to yourself at this point, comma, where the fuck do I find this magical group of characters? Well, give me a fucking minute, I'll tell ya. You can find them live every other Sunday and Friday at 7pm Pacific Time on twitch.tv slash streamforinitiative. You can also follow their Twitter page, at the4initiative, or hell, you can even visit their shiny new website, forinitiative.net. You like me and Fish enough that you want to see us outside of the Derailed podcast? Well, you can sometimes find us live on our Twitch channels. And sometimes we stream together, but other times we're doing our own thing. You can find Fish at twitch.tv slash fishkidmal, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash comacrazygametime. If you want to stay updated on all things Derailed podcast, or shit, just even what the hell me and Fish are up to, you can follow the Derailed podcast on Twitter at NimrodEntYT. That's Nimrod, E-N-T, YT. You can find Fish at FishKidMal, and you can find me at ComaCrazyGT. Alright, we're back from break. We're done pissing. We're done grabbing new beverages. Uh, Alright, Fish, what did you yes. think of this new Slipknot album? I thought it was so-so. Okay. Show your work. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I feel like I'm back in math. <laughs> Because, because, like, that's the thing. Like, I would never show my work because I, I was able to do the majority of it in my head. Right. It was just like the really complicated shit I would have to write out. But like, otherwise, yeah, no, I go from A to B to C, and then that's it. And then I get yelled at for not using my scratch paper. It's just like, why? I got the answer. It's like, like, <laughs> doesn't matter how I did it. I still got the fucking answer you were looking for, weren't you? Oh well, the answer we were looking for was the work. Then why weren't you forward about that? Yeah, it's like, this is Algebra 1A, not fucking calculus. <laughs> I'm fuck 12! <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so, um, like, just going down the list, like, uh, I, I really did, like, it was, it was odd, but I really did like the intro uh, with Adderall. Um not only as like an intro to the album, but also the intro to the song itself is just like, uh, like I said earlier, like it, it feels very reminiscent to me of like, uh, of like one of the tracks from fear inoculum on, on tools latest album. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think it, uh, which one did I say? Like Numa, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of has a, like a, a, a Numa feel to it. Um, uh, and it, yeah, it, it, so going down the list, the dying song, Chapel Town Rag and, uh, Yen, all three of those were singles that they had put out before this album. So I was already familiar with them. I was not the biggest um, fan of Yen. Yen was okay. I, I dug Chapel Town Rag, uh, and the dying song was actually kind of a close second. Um, but yeah, like I, there were aspects of all of the songs that I really enjoyed and others that I didn't. And so I just want to say this as, uh, as a fan of Slipknot, I came in, uh, 
I think my very first song that I heard from them was My Plague. Uh, thanks to Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after that was uh, Duality and Before I Forget. Okay. Uh, which, fucking, I love both of those music videos. Because, um, because like Duality, it, like it, it's like it, 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 it's an iconic music video for anyone in the metal scene. I think. Yeah. It's just so well known, even by non-metal fans. Yeah, I think there's. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who, if you asked them to name a Slipknot song, they'd be like, "Oh, the one where he talks about pushing his fingers into his eyes." Yeah, and and where all the fans destroy that house. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, one of the worst songs you can mishear lyrics to. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> or just come up uh, with fucked up lyrics like we used to do for songs. <laughs> yeah, like e- ever since uh ever since somebody said it, I've never been able to listen to that song quite correctly. Again, just because it's like I push my fingers into my, into my ass. <laughs> it's just like And it's the only thing that slowly stops the ache. <laughs> Oh god, to, <laughs> I highly doubt. I highly doubt anyone from Slipknot uh is listening to this. God, I, but if any of you are, I love you and I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> Oh god damn um, it. Oh, but, um, a clown with a baseball so, bat is going to show up at our doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to oh, be 2016 dude. all over again. <laughs> Dude, I can die happy if Corey crushes me with his neck. I, <laughs> I'm so okay with that. Um, but yeah, like getting back into it, uh, like there were aspects that I liked from each song, but aspects that I I didn't that didn't quite resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that I'm sure is attributed to just how long I've been with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, my first song was uh was my plague. Right. Uh, and I'm now having a mild panic attack, making sure that that's the right song I'm thinking of. So I'm going to just double check <laughs> off of Iowa. Off of Iowa. Yes. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was the song that was featured on the resident evil movie. Uh, Which one? The the first. Oh, okay. So it was one of the fir- it was one of the <laughs> it was one of the good ones. Yes, it was my plague. Okay, good. Just, sorry, just wanted to to make sure. Oh, you're good. Um, just because like like there's so many there's so many songs that I love from from this band uh, and like bands that I've stuck with for a while. Uh, there's just so much music that that's in your head that sometimes things get a little jumbled. So yeah, just making sure. Oh yeah. Uh, we, you've heard some of it. The 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 listeners haven't, <laughs> hopefully. But like, um, even going further back, like I think I mentioned earlier, spit it out. Um, mm-hmm. like I play spit it out constantly. Like I think that's still one of my favorite songs out of their entire discography. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Uh, and fucking there's there's so many like there's so many iconic openings. You know, you've got 
fucking surfacing uh, off of the self-titled album. You've got Wait and Bleed off of the same album. Um, People Equals Shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heretic Anthem. Uh, and then you've got stuff like Pulse of the Maggots. Uh, Before I Forget, Vermilion. Honestly, I think Subliminal Verses is my favorite album of the bunch just because like, there's so many songs in that album uh, that I that I'd still play like constantly personally opium of the people duality the blister exists personally Scream, for me you know. uh all hope is gone will always hold a special place in my heart because that was one of the first albums i ever owned that is fair and sulfur is a fucking banger absolutely absolutely um and like I- i'm not sure if i ever told the story on the podcast but like um with all hope is gone like that album came out i loved it to pieces um it was a little different than stuff that they had put out before um but like dead memories and snuff um which dead memories is another really good track oh yeah uh gehenna uh (laughs) all hope is gone it's another album where it's like there's a lot like almost the entire album is fucking amazing oh yeah 100 percent. and especially um looking at the history of uh of like especially snuff uh because this was this was the last album that paul was a part of before uh he passed and um, as we came to learn today also joey jordison's last album yeah um but paul paul was a big one uh for me personally because the last time that um i was supposed to go see slipknot uh at one of the the local venues uh which was the last time they were in socal before paul died okay and i wasn't able to go because like there there was um it was a last minute change, which like still <laughs> to this day kind of upsets me. Oh yeah. I think um, there's all, I think we all have those shows that were bitter about missing, but it was like, w- I had the money for the tickets. I had a buddy who was going to pay for it. Uh, he was going to be the ride and I got the okay. So long as I had a ride there and back. Right. And then my report card came, uh, oh, at the fuck. end of the first semester and then all of a sudden I couldn't go. Uh or there was something there was something in there. I think grades had to do with it, because there's high school's kind of a blur. It's always the fucking report card. Cause that's yeah, what it, screwed up I'm, a lot of plans for for me in, in high school. Uh specifically one comes to mind that involves you in particular. Um oh? there were some fights that you wanted me to go to. And uh, oh, yeah, because because X was fighting. right? Yeah. And I had had I had had the OK all the way up until the fucking first quarter report card came in. Yep. And then out of nowhere, it was nah, fuck you. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure his grades related. But I remember like it was like the day before we were supposed to go uh-huh the tickets had been paid for and all of that it was just all of a sudden no you can't go and like this and the other and i was livid and then finding out uh finding out later on uh 
when Paul died that that like I actually looked back that was the last show that they played uh in SoCal. Yeah. And I was just I was fuming. Yeah, looked at your mom with the fucking like the fucking SpongeBob meme just <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh but yeah, because I've been such a a long-time fan uh you know, and this is this is the unfortunate part of like being a part of any scene for so long. Uh, there there comes a, a level of expectation, uh, unfortunately, that may not be met. Some some feelings may change, uh, others won't. Um, and like, bring, actually, bring me the horizon is an excellent example because they changed so much since the the early days. But now they've kind of like they've blended everything together and kind of got a, a much more unique sound. Oh yeah, and they're still um, and they're still ever constantly changing. Like I think Ollie has come out already and said that uh the next part of the of the post human EPs is gonna be like completely different from what survival horror was. And I'm interested to see how that goes. Oh, me too. Because um, the last couple of songs that they've released, I I personally have really enjoyed because I'm the type of person who likes to seek out the softer stuff by heavier bands. So okay. the the stuff that they've been putting out recently has really been appealing to me. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like um with Slipknot, like I, I started with the aggression and whenever I hear the name Slipknot, that's kind of what I'm looking for, which is, is really fucked up to say it. I'm, I'm sorry to the band. Uh, but that, that is, that is my taste. I, I prefer heavier music. I, I love breakdowns. I love, uh, harsh vocals and you know, the, the, the harder it slams, the better. <laughs> it's like I I want to like I want to envision me being in the pit and fucking getting absolutely decimated. Right. Like that's that's how heavy I want it. Um which is, you know, a lot of what the early stuff was. Uh and a lot of that uh was attributed to just like everyone was in kind of a shit situation. Like I remember. Yeah. Everyone was always kind of in a shit mood. <laughs> yeah. W whether it be familial issues, uh, just life issues, drug abuse, issues between you know, each like, other. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I would never in a million years ever say that, you know, like I would ever want anyone in the band to go back to that point of just like being pissed off all the time, having a shit situation, fucking huffing a dead bird carcass gel out of a jar <sighs> and fucking like getting ready to beat the shit out of each other just so that I can have some heavier stuff. I would never want that. I love that everyone's in a better place as far as 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 far as I can see. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's honestly just because, you know, I mean, like Corey said in that in that uh in that interview that we were reading from uh, about, you know, them wanting to mend the fences with jo with, uh, with Joey, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of made them realize that they're on the other side of aging now. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they, they aren't who they were when they started the band and 
you know, it's like they they've started appreciating each other and just life in general a bit more. You know, and that and that very much could be, you know, a huge, you know, why there's been such a shift in the music, why it's gone to a much more progressive place than like a, you know, in an angrier place. Yeah. And like, so the the bottom line uh, is like with every new album, they're going to get more fans than or it's going to reach possibly reach a broader audience going that direction than, you know, going with the like ultra aggressive stuff from early on. Right. Which new fans is always are always welcome, you know, and I'm super stoked for that. Uh, but like with me and my taste, as much as I'm glad I listened to this album, I'm not sure I'm going to be going back to it. Right. All that often. If, at all but i am excited for any releases that they come out with later because well hearing the new stuff yeah yeah that that's that's fun that's exciting yeah and also you know the next thing that they do release will be the first thing that they've released not under roadrunner so there's i i feel like it's going to be a very decent it's going to be a very long time until we get another album from slipknot i can guarantee you that it's going to be a very long time if Jim's thoughts are are uh, reflected at all, then yeah, they're going to keep at it until they get exactly what they want. Exactly, provided that provided the label's okay with that. If they even go with the label, they can. That is true. They they are at a point now. This this is something I was talking about earlier, but we got completely fucking sidetracked or <laughs> derailed. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking like it, it's kind of one of the things I go back to where. Corey's kind of got his hand in so much at this point where they could totally just fucking go independent. They have a large enough fan base and almost everybody has gone is going independent now. Just because they've realized it's better for their music. It's better for their music to not have those deadlines that that a label puts on you. Plus, like how? If you look at uh if you look at the the entire like music ecosystem nowadays, I can almost guarantee that even even though it may deals may not go in their favor, Spotify or other online streaming services are probably going to do better than radio listens cuz like me, like I just turned 30. I'm a millennial. I don't listen to the radio anymore at all. Right. Because there's a lot of shit on the radio that I really don't give a shit about. Even the stations that I used to listen to that were like it, it's it's that it's that fucking meme. It's just like, "Oh yeah, this is this is rock, hard rock, heavy metal. This ain't your grandma's station. Uh here's Imagine Dragons." Right. It's like what? Yeah, uh, I mean, shit, one of my favorite radio stations from down there doesn't exist anymore. X1039. They turned... They, that fucking station ended, and it's now a fucking... Um, it's now a goddamn... Uh, I think it's a top 40 station now. Yeah. Not too happy with it. And I I think uh, 96.7... Uh, I think I stopped listening to to that about the time they stopped doing ten o'clock tool. Mm. 
I thought Ten O'Clock uh, Tool was X1039. At ten, was it? yeah, X ninety six seven at ten o'clock did mandatory Metallica. That's right. So at ten o'clock, they both had had kids. They had okay, they so both yeah, had they, specialty programs at ten. That's right. I forgot about mandatory Metallica. Uh, but but yeah. So like, okay. Um, so here's the. But both of both of them kind of ended their thing, and just kind of like obviously one hundred three nine phased out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just haven't listened to, to 96, seven about the time they stopped doing some of the specialty stuff. So here's the thing with Spotify and like the way that that all works. So with the current math that we have with the current figures we have for Spotify, um, let's see. Wait, that's okay. I got the wrong. Here we go. Give me one second here. I got to redo my math. No worries. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know how my math is working here. But basically, let's... Basically, the way that Spotify works is literally every three million, three, every, no, I'm sorry, every 303,000 listens is $1,000 on Spotify. So it's like 33 cents a, a listen? Is that it is point zero zero three three cents per stream. Apple Music gives you one cent per stream. Hmm. But still, even Apple Music, that's uh that's an online uh that's online media. But yeah, like I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's just a smarter idea for more bands to go independent so they can put they can put the time and care needed into their music. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's I feel like that would be a really good step towards bringing back the integrity of music. That's, you know, kind of been lost over the last few years. You know, there are plenty of people out there that are still doing it for the sake of art. They are still doing it because they are proud of their craft and they want to, and they want to pursue that craft, you know, professionally. But there are also just a lot of people who, who are just there for the money and nothing else and will just crap something out to keep the label happy. I don't know. That's just that's just me though. That's my personal thoughts on the current situation with music. Yeah, I'm I'm not even sure like what um what radio used to give or gives nowadays, but either way, like the the climate's changed so much that I yeah, find it surprising it, that radio st- can survive still. I'm shocked. Well, yeah, it can. 
Like I, I was gonna say, well, can it? But yeah, no, it can't. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked. And I mean, I guess it's just because there's a lot of people out there who, <sighs> I guess it's not that they don't like listen to music like through streaming services. It's just when they're in the car, they use the radio. I guess I, I don't fucking understand. My parents don't even do that. Like my parents have Sirius XM. Like. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is still which is which like is internet in radio. Platform. Yeah, it's internet it's yeah. internet radio. Like everyone has moved on to internet radio. And even the radio stations have moved to internet radio. There's things like iHeartRadio and shit like that where you can listen to radio stations from all over the fucking country online. But yeah, so uh, I think I think I got all of my thoughts out there on the, <laughs> the the new Slipknot album. Okay. So, uh, uh, so if that's if that if that's all on that, as of recording this, uh, the Modern Warfare Two beta happened uh, two weekends ago. I think it it was recent for uh, for us. Um. Yeah, it was the the weekend of the twenty. 20- second 23rd because i think that's when the early access started so 24th 5th and 6th yeah somewhere in that ballpark um and we both played it uh a fair amount uh fish definitely has more favorable things to say about it than i do not that i really have anything negative to say about it my thoughts really don't go as far as probably gonna skip this one unless it's looking like like fish is going to be playing this consistently for the next two years. Um, which I don't know about consistently, but I'm definitely going to be playing. Yeah. It. And like, I, I'm, I'm going to go through with the pre-order. Yeah. Uh, soon. If, it, if it looks like you're going to be playing it consistency, I might pick it up. But a- a- as of right now, I, I'm probably not going to just simply because the modern warfare titles have never quite been my thing because I play Call of Duties for zombies primarily. So if it doesn't, because I'm trash at fucking, I, there's a reason I play a lot of PVE and it's because I'm trash at PVP. Like I'm God awful at it. So yeah, fish though. uh, As far as I know, you've actually got some glowing things to say about it. Oh, I loved it. Um, I really don't think just because of how players are like, I don't think there's really going to be a fix with like spawn points or anything like that. Just because like people like gamers inherently like exploit the shit out of anything they anything can find. They can. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, like, uh, uh, spawn camping would definitely be a thing if you're like, I mean, it's been a thing for fucking ever, even with random spawns, because it's just like, Okay, everyone's like if you're able to, everyone's spread out so that uh like you can't spawn anywhere else and except for this little area of the map and then just continue mowing them down. Mm-hmm. Um if you set a dedicated spawn point with um with like a few different areas to go through, then you just have people who are who are bottlenecking those areas uh and just waiting for you to get out of the safe area. Uh a la what's it um TF2. Yeah. Uh, 
unless you put so many uh points that it's literally impossible for the other team to to bottleneck like to that to fill to fill up every entrance cuz even if you put one person at every entrance if you put so many that there's so many entrances that they can't I think there like were they would have to cover like I think there were a couple of Overwatch more. maps that were like that Yeah um well with Overwatch it also helped that um you know unique it, abilities and shit well not only unique abilities but um if there was like if there was a dedicated spawn point for like say the attacking group the defenders wouldn't be that far back because the objective would continuously move closer to that right so if anything it would be it would be the defenders who would get uh most of that but even so, like, yeah, no, they have unique abilities to get out of situations like that. Um, but, like, say you put down an invulnerability time, uh, then the defending players could abuse that by, like, running around uh, with that invulnerability to get into strategic spots yeah. if you leave it, like, until you fire your weapon or a set duration. And then the other side of that is if you don't give it a set duration uh, or like you set it to a specific duration without moving or using your weapon, then people are just going to sit there with their crosshairs trained on you until you come out of it and then you just get mowed down. Yeah. So like the players are just going to make it difficult. So I'm, I don't really have any I didn't really have any complaints on spawn points anyways. But I just want to make sure to get that out. Oh, yeah. Personally, um, the whole reason I think he brought that up is because one of my problems was with the spawn points in this beta. Just simply because I I got shot in the back so many fucking times and it was getting so frustrating. <laughs> which is fair. Um, but yeah, I know that there's really nothing you can do about that. Gamers are there are just going to be those players out there that just have the sole intention of ruining the experience for everyone else. Yeah. Um, but the, the gunplay is like, it is right back to, uh, modern warfare 2019, uh, which I adored anyways. Uh, yeah, the, the different game modes, uh, every, everything felt really good, uh, in my opinion. Like, I didn't do nearly as well as I feel I could have or should have. Uh, but m the majority of my games, uh, I would get an even or a, uh, above one KD. So I can, I can definitely be happy with that. Oh, yeah. So... From what it sounds like, yeah, I mean, I had fun. Yeah. And I mean, that's really all what it comes down to. And and that's really all what the decision making comes down to on my part as well. It's like I didn't have a ton of fun. I mean, I had fun playing the one session that me and Fish played together. But for me personally, multiplayer games just don't. I'm not a huge fan fan of multiplayer games unless i'm playing with my friends because then there's like the banter distracting me from how terrible i am at it <laughs> um but yeah so if fish really gets into this one like hardcore i'll probably pick it up i i'm not gonna say oh yeah i'll get it when it's on sale because we all know that call of duty games almost never go on sale because black ops 2 is still 60 fucking dollars um 
Yeah, still have no idea why. <sighs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, well, if that is all, uh, thank you for joining us uh, today on this very music uh, centric episode of the Derailed Podcast. Uh, no idea when this one's coming out. It may you may hear it sooner rather than later. I'll fucking figure that out eventually. But until then, uh, this has been the Derailed Podcast. Uh, I am Kama. He is Fish, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.